Hey listeners, we don't have a new episode of the podcast, so what we're going to do this week instead is take some of the top moments from our Friday happy hour where Morgan and I answer your questions in our community live every Friday and cut them up and put them together for you, so hopefully you'll enjoy. Thanks again and have a great week. Do members of the community have good experience of webinars converting well to ops for B2B SaaS products? So obviously the, the webinars you see from the sales hacker, that's probably the one that I always see probably the most of, but you know, we both can obviously touch on this, but kind of want to see your thoughts on that. Cause you probably don't obviously know a lot more webinars than me. Yeah. So, so um, I don't see a lot of direct like, Hey, let's do business. Okay. Like from that exact webinar. I do get a lot of people from like who have seen a previous webinar who say, Hey John, or, or a podcast, for instance, like, Hey John, I, I, I heard your podcast or I watched your webinar, you know, whatever that then they say they want to talk. But as far as like direct, if, if I were to like a rep and we were to be running a webinar and then we took the, the list of people that signed up for that webinar and then went after them in general, the, the, the response rates on that are pretty low. Um, so my suggestion is not to really go all in on that, but use that as a piece of the story, right? So we talk a lot about contact strategies and those type of things. My recommendation is always to say, you know what, like what's the story you're trying to tell this client and then then use the webinar as a reason to, first of all, invite them, but then also follow up with them after that. And, and here's how I would follow up. I would not follow up and saying, hey, uh, I saw you either went to or missed the webinar or whatever, and I'd like to talk to you. What I would do is, especially if it was one of my ICP, like tier ones, I would absolutely be like, hey, uh, so for instance, Morgan, say you missed the webinar, right? Say you signed up for it, but you missed it, but I got the list and I'm a rep and you're on my target list. Well, I'm going to reach out to you and say, hey, Morgan, I saw you sign up for a webinar. I noticed you missed it. Based on what I know about you, though, if you actually start listening to this webinar around minute 15 and go from minute 15 to 32, like there's some really good fire value there that I think you could add, you know, you could apply immediately. So I thought you might find some interest in this. So even if they don't listen to the webinar, what you're doing there is you're showing that you're just trying to add value. You know what I mean? You really genuinely thought that this was something that they could get value out of something. Um, if they did show up to it, you know, you might want to try to engage and say, Hey, I noticed you actually attended the webinar. Would love to get 10 to 15 minutes on your calendar. Talk about what you thought about it. If you had any feedback for us and see if there was something that, you know, you'd want to talk about as related to our solution, but I wouldn't expect a high response rate on that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think from, I, I don't really get a lot of direct correlations if I do a webinar. It's more so like, oh, it's a great webinar, which is, okay, great. That's awesome. Uh, but it normally cultivates into something more down the line. So what I mean by that is now they're connected with the network. They may see the content. They may see what what I'm doing. And then now it, it leads into further engagement. So I never see it as a direct, like, this is the reason why we're going to do business. But it's more so like a, a more so like the effect of moving forward and they see the value. And so now they want to correlate. Well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, it goes to the whole brand building thing, right? Like, you yeah. know, you you putting this stuff out there. Um, I recommend if you can get on a webinar, get on a webinar. Like, if you're a rep, like, like if you can get on a webinar, then get it right. That'll build your brand faster than most because you'll usually use somebody else to to bolster yours. But right. 
if you're if you're just a like if you're just a rep following up from a webinar that your company is doing, yeah, that's different. You know, wouldn't expect high volume, wouldn't expect high conversion ratios, but I would absolutely use it as a reason or a piece of the equation so that we could, you know, keep the ball rolling, at least as part of the story. Right. And then, and then this too, like is a webinar to some effect as well. So obviously there's no correlation from this immediately, but this obviously builds value and it's the same type of thing. So this one's uh, Jim uh, Nunley. So what's up, Jim? Our department recently became sales development, but for the last two months, everyone in the sales department is calling us business development. The name is sticking even with execs. I'm afraid to lose the SDR because it actually means something. Is this a problem or should I just let it go? So this one's an interesting one, Jim. Jim, uh, you know, I train a lot of organizations that, um, you know, I, I actually have to, when I go in and I train them, part of my training prep is to send them a training prep doc that asks like, what are the acronyms that you use? Right. Because SDR, BDR, ISR, they all kind of mean the same thing depending on the organization. So, you know, for instance, Salesforce SDRs, uh, sales development reps are the ones that take the inbound. They don't do the outbound calling where BDRs business development reps are the ones that make the outbound cold calls. Okay. And I kind of use Salesforce as the benchmark because everybody else does especially in the SaaS world. So I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I just think the, the description of the job is what's important. Um, that said, if you are bumping against some, uh, when you're hiring and recruiting, that's where it might be the challenge, right? Because people might be looking for SDR versus just business development or BDR. So just keep that in mind. See what kind of, you might want to change the title just purely from a, uh, recruiting standpoint and see what happens, right? See if you get more applications for SDRs versus BDRs, but I don't think it's a huge issue. Uh, just make sure that the, the role is clearly defined for these people, right? Let's say you've been prospecting to a company by reaching out to various employees who could benefit from your product. You get a meeting scheduled with the influencer level employee and have a great discovery call. When the discussion, when you discuss the next steps, they aren't willing to bring in the VP or C level who would be signing off and ultimately the decision maker. Would you reach out to the decision maker referencing pain points of information gaining during the discovery or, or and try to get them meeting with them? I know there are several scenarios uh, to come into play. If you have a follow-up with the influencer or if he decides not to follow up at the time, etc., how would you handle the various types of scenarios with the influencer not being willing to bring in the decision maker? So here and dear to your world, our world here, this is effectively going over somebody's like you got your main SDR manager, right? influencer wants this stuff you know you got to get to the vp of sales because the vp of sales so what are some of the things that you've been doing recently because i know we've been talking about this a lot like with, with kind of your approach here what yeah. are some of the things that you've been doing um where you've been starting to see some better traction getting to getting to that level or working with that person yeah so i've been i've been flipping it so i say it in a way that it makes them feel like they are in charge of the next step and I'm not forcing them, but you have to say it in a way that like it makes them realize it's the next step. So I say, Hey, you know, it's like five minutes towards the, end of the call. And this is the very first call. Cause I got to figure out what's the next steps are. So, Hey, and normally and before that, I've already asked like, what are the next defined steps? Like, who do I need to talk to? And they normally give that information up. So I'm like, okay, Hey, so we're coming towards the end of the call. Like, here's the context of what our solution does. Um, you know, for next steps, what do you feel like is the best thing for us to do? So that way they tell me like, you know what, we need to connect with the head of sales. 
Then I'm like, okay, great. So now that we need to connect with the head of sales, like, and you just said that, can we set up time with the head of sales? And then it's like, great, let's do that. Or they're like, you know what? I have to go talk to so-and-so. And they're like, okay, do you need help in talking to so-and-so? Like, have you done this before? Like I throw it, I've been throwing it back on them first because I've noticed when I'm saying like, okay, here are the next steps next Monday. Let's connect. They're normally pushing off on me, but I'm like, Hey, what do you feel like is the best next steps? then they're actually more open to tell me what we actually need to get, we actually need to do. And another one that I do from time to time, and I'm still testing it, is I'll throw out the person's name that I think we need to connect with. And yep. sometimes it works, sometimes it's like, actually, no, it's not that person, it's that person. But at least I've shows that I've done my research. But me asking, like, what do you feel like is the next best steps has really helped me a lot. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of that, I, I use that second one a lot. That, so I think putting it on them, uh, having them and then, and then, you know, if you don't get the answer, then you start to kind of push a little bit, but like, well, Hey, my experience, this type of stuff tends to die after these type of conversation. If we don't get these people involved, you know, do you agree that this solution is a good one? Um, and to your point, I like that one where for us, it's actually pretty easy. You go on the, you go on their website for two seconds to find out who the VP of sales is. And then you do the name drop. So when does so-and-so need to be involved in this? Right. Um, so, I think those are all legit. I, you know, I think that it depends on, to me a lot, you know, who, who the person is you're talking to, right? Because if it's somebody who's like trying to move up, right? Like I talk about this a lot. There's people below the pile and above the pile. The people below the pile line, there's two types. There's people who are on their way up and there's people maybe ask them and they're like, look, you know, I'm the one who's, who's the, you know, who's, who's managing this process right now, whatever it is, you know, you can be, I think we've talked about this where it's either you empathize to a certain degree and say, Hey, look, you know what? I've been through a lot of these conversations with a lot of people just like you. Um, usually what I find is that if we don't get these people involved early enough, then we end up wasting a lot of times and cycles. So, you know, again, to your point, what would you suggest we do so that we don't, we make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, all, but then, you know, if you want to go over those people's heads, you, you shouldn't, do it just to go over their head. You should do it for a different reason. So as an example, say you're talking to an SDR manager, right? And you have a good conversation with them and they're like, yeah, Morgan, this sounds great. And you're like, Hey, you know what? So when do you want to, you know, what are the next steps here? And what do you suggest? And they're like, well, you know, I got to go talk to my boss. Hey, would it be great if I, you know, it would be all right if I got on that call or do you think we should schedule a call here or whatever? No, no, I got this. Okay, cool. And then they go dark on you or they straight up, you know, disappear, follow up, whatever. But then if you want to go up to this level, you have to find a reason to go up to that level. And the whole thing is tactical execution down here, big picture strategy vision up there. So you're going to have to go do some homework on that, on that executive, on that VP, on that business. So you can reach out to them and say something like, um, hey, Sarah, right? So Sarah's the executive, Jim's like the SDR manager or something like that. Hey, Sarah, I've been working with Jim to kind of talk about some of your SDR training and some onboarding and stuff like that. You know, and this phrase right here, as I learn more about your business, I actually noticed that you guys are expanding your operations into new markets. You're doing these things. So I was wondering if I could just get a few minutes on your calendar so that, you know, I could talk to you about some of the visionary stuff that you're trying to accomplish so that as, you know, Jim and I keep talking down here, I can make sure that that stuff aligns. So you kind of try to make Jim look good. Hey, I've been working with Jim and he's been awesome, right, to address this. But as I learn more, this is what. So that, you know, it's not great, uh, but at least it kind of shows some respect and some some due diligence. And you've separated the conversations. 
right? Because right. if you don't separate the conversation, if you're just go, I will tell everybody who's listening to this right now, if you go over somebody's head just to go over somebody's head because the person you're dealing with is not at power and is not the decision maker, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. I could count on 22 years of selling. I can count on one hand where I've been able to do that successfully and get that, that, that deal to happen. But inevitably it's a short term deal because what happens is I get the VP or whatever to stuff it down somebody else's throat. This is almost always the person I have to deal with anyways. So inevitably that person's going to be super aggravated at me and figure out a way to get me out of there as soon as they possibly can. So yeah, yeah it's not, not easy, but uh, it, it's definitely take some tact and, and, to, and I think you brought it up like, Lead versus follow, right? Sometimes I follow because I can tell you're a sophisticated buyer. You know this. Right. I, you've done this before, so cool. Let me kind of follow in line here. Other times I'm like, yeah, this person hasn't really done it or they don't really know, so now I'm going to lead. And I'll maybe suggest. So, like, what would you suggest we do at this point, those type of things? Cool. Uh, let's see. What's another one here? So that was a good one by... Patrick, um, uh, Morgan, you let's see. Most recent post on LinkedIn group of Parta went viral, gaining 80 likes in one group and 20 in another. Question is, what's the best way to engage with people who, oh, you, this one's all you, right? So what's the, I saw your answer here, but I think we should expand on it. Uh, what's the best way to engage with people who like my content? Do I wait for them to approach me organically or is it a good idea to proactively reach out and connect with them? So Lance, yeah. Lance Daldo, and you said obviously it depends, but but say here here let's let I'm gonna put some a little bit more color on this for for our sake specifically, right? right? So you post something and you see that a a VP or somebody in a company that is on your target list likes it. What do you do? I'm I'm gonna send them a video. Cool. That's me personally. Yeah. I'd send them a video and I'd say. Thank you for liking the content. Saw that you liked my video and whatever. You know, based on you liking that, you know, I just was curious to see like what prompted you to like it. What did you like about it? And then I'd probably go into like a pitch of some sort. I I wouldn't. The thing is, like, it, it gets, like I said, it depends because it depends on what you're trying to accomplish by engaging with a person. Like I engage with every single person because that's just like my mantra. But most people would be like, that's a waste of my time. All right, well then. My answer to you is going to be my answer to you probably would annoy you because like what I would do is completely different. And also, like, what are you trying to gain out of those likes and comments? Probably every single person that liked it obviously isn't a prospect, but that could be a good a connect for you moving forward for maybe an advocate that will help you down the line. So, again, it depends on where you're at and like what you're trying to do. But to answer your question, like that's what I would do. I would either send them a message and thank them for liking the content or I'd send a video if I knew that was a top 25 account. That's, that's a whole, like I'm taking my time to do something. Like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's also like you take it as, first of all, I agree with you is, you know, I try, it, it's a little bit hard for me. And this is actually one of the reasons we do this is so that I can get to those comments. Cause I, you know, if I might not be able to get to them throughout the week through for the group specifically. Um, so, so I try to comment on it. You know, if somebody actually comments on a post of mine or whatever it is, I try to get in there at least, you know, Hey, thanks for the comment or answer or whatever it is. Now, if somebody likes it, you know, I don't, I don't look at all the likes, right. Cause sometimes that's just ridiculous. But, um, what I would, what I definitely would do is if somebody is in my pro, if somebody who likes or comments on a post of mine, that is one of my top 25 tier one accounts or whatever, I'll take that and do a video, but I'll kind of take that to then 
go say, okay, cool. Let me go look at their business. Let me go look at their LinkedIn profile. Let me go look at their website and actually use that as a catalyst to say, hey, um, you know, whether it's email or call or whatever, a little bit more traditional means, um, or maybe an email, right? Especially if it was on LinkedIn, maybe an email to that person to say, hey, I noticed you liked that recent, you know, post of mine or whatever it is. I really appreciate the, you know, the engagement there. It prompted me to go take a look at your website or your profile. And I noticed you're doing some really cool stuff as it relates to these things. I was wondering if I could grab some time, you know, I want to see if you'd be interested in having a deeper dive conversation where I, where if nothing else, I'll be able to share some free nuggets and tips with you that you could share with your team to see if there might be something we could do together here. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of take that extra level. So, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think you need to engage with every single person that likes your stuff. I mean, unless you're getting five, 10 likes, then maybe, right. Especially if you're trying to build your brand, Um, you know, but once you kind of get to a certain point, that's where you got to be a little bit more selective with what you respond to or else that's all you're going to be doing all day, every day. Uh, But I like, I like your point of, you know, what's, what are you trying to accomplish? Right. Are you trying to build your brand or are you trying to get leads and, and like, you know, and engage with people and like sell them stuff? You know what I mean? Exactly. That's I don't. Yeah, that's why it's like you just got to make sure that you're obviously reaching out to those people in the right way because you don't say like, thanks for the like or like, thanks for whatever. And then eventually, like you pitch them. It's I think it's like you generally just have to like thank them and maybe ask them like why they liked it or engage. Like if someone likes it, obviously, it's going through every single like. Like that's obviously a little bit more aggressive than 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 not. But I mean, I did it at the beginning, but after after a while, I mean, no one has time to go through every single like on every single post they have. You just don't. But you can go through your comments and respond to every single one, and then maybe message them back and talk to them. So it really isn't about engaging. Like it's just really understanding. Like, are you potentially looking to make more viral posts? Right? Because then if you are, then I would disengage. Because obviously, the more those are more than a comment, people are just going to view it. Because a lot of people that watch my content don't even like or comment on it. They just watch it. So said, had this come up this week, guys, property managers and commercial real estate are avoiding tech vendors because they're scared of how difficult they perceive technology to be implemented. So they just avoid it completely. Any good ways to break through this? So what are your thoughts on like, so this is commercial real estate, right? I don't know how familiar you are with commercial real estate, but this is, you know, people buying offices and stuff like that. Um, Usually a little bit behind the times when it comes to technology. Yeah. Um, So what are your thoughts on that one? How to get them over the, it's scary. I think, I think you have to, because this is actually going back to conversation that we had when you were in Atlanta. And we were talking about how, you know, when some people would rather invest like in the tools instead of like the people investing. Right. But but what you said is actually directly applicable here, which you need to do some type of analogy or some type of current trend to make them realize that like, wait, this is something I need to invest into. So I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but like trying to find like some current events, some current trend of sports analogy to be like, if you don't invest into this, like this will happen. Right. Like it's like going up to the it's like going up to the plate without a bat. Right. Obviously, right. that's super simple. But something that correlates in that way, like to illustrate the message and be like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And like, exactly. So you're not looking and investing to technology is the same thing. Like you're going to be extinct. You're going to get replaced or, you know, you're not going to be able to make X amount of revenue more. Like think about it in that way. Right. So it's like 
Yeah. Uh, it can probably be more applicable as, you know, you having a personal trainer. So, like, I have a personal trainer. So, like, me having a personal trainer is going to make my workouts a thousand times easier than me going and Googling trying to figure it out, which I can do, but that's, like, a waste of my time. Like, I don't need to do that. So, I think you have to think of analogies and ways to state it to a person in, in a common sense theme so that they can put it in their heads and be like, that's a technology that I need to at least look at and have a conversation about. No, I think you're right. I mean, it, I think a good analogy in this space is it's kind of like um, it, it's like replacing your um, fire alarms or fire extinguishers, right? No, like no. you said it like I'm Max is funny because I ripped mine out because it was beeping. Like, <laughs> so this house is ten years old, right? This house is ten years old, and that's when you should replace all your your um, fire alarms, right? No. Smoke detectors. Cause that's right around the time. It's kind of whatever. Um, I've been avoiding it. I've been avoiding it, but I know I have to do it. Right. And like, why don't I just get off my ass and do this? Because if I don't do that and one of those is faulty and all of a sudden I have a fire, I'm screwed. Right. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass for me to unscrew all those things and put them back in. But at a certain point you have to go through the pain. I'd rather go through the pain now and save my house than have to actually wait and see my house burn down and then go through that pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think especially in commercial real estate, that might resonate with commercial real estate to say, Hey, look, you know, like for instance, how old is your sprinkler system? How old is your, your, your smoke detector system? Mm. Like y- there's new technology that makes it out. So you can do smoke and radon and all these other things. And yeah, yeah it's going to be a little bit of a pain, but you know, you have to do it it's not as painful as you think it is. And now let me give you an example. Or by the way, you might even have like a, you might want to go and get a, uh, one of your customers, for instance, uh, that you might not have a, a testimonial for, but if you had a, if you have a good customer in the real estate, in the commercial real estate space where implementing your technology was actually not that painful right? and you get a testimonial from them, what I would do is I would just have that ready and say, actually, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. There was another client, right? Because that's feel, felt, found approach, right? The objection yeah. handling technique, feel, felt, found. Look, I totally get it. You know, another client had that exact same concern. Um, but after they realized, you know, that it really just entailed X, Y, Z, and it took this, they were like, holy shit, why wouldn't I do this? So exactly. I think I think you, I, I think I'll probably going to defer here to uh, to split testing different approaches, right? The, the, the five main objection handling techniques. One is feel, felt, found, right? Uh, the other is clar- clarification. Like, what do you mean you think it's going to be uh, d- d- too hard to implement? Like, does that mean like it's going to take you, you think it's going to take six months or do you think it, you know what I mean? Like, so just understand yeah. what that's going to be or yeah. preemptive strike it. Like th- that, this actually might be if, if this person, if, if while I'm making my calls or sending emails to people, they are straight up not responding at all. Um, and I'm not even getting the objection, but I know the objection is this, then I might just straight up bring it out in front and say, Hey, you know what? The reason for my call today is I know most commercial real estates are afraid of investing in technology because of how hard it's going to be to implement. I wanted to call you to tell you that there's actually no reason to be afraid. We have a ton of customers. We've been able to streamline their implementations for this. And summer is actually the best time to do it because it's the downtime when everybody's not going crazy. So that's why I'm calling you. And that's why you should call me back. That actually might be one of my, that might actually be the approach I would use. Any, uh, Jack Wiggins comes up with this one. Uh, let's see. It says, does anyone have any advice for following up with leads long-term? For example, a lead who says callback in one, three, six months, et cetera, 
but does actually show a decent level of interest. So what would you do where Morgan, great conversation, appreciate it, man. We're not in a position right now to do anything. Why don't you touch base in six months? Um, what would you do? How, how are you going to stay connected to that person? Yeah. So first thing I'm going to ask, uh, I'm guessing this is probably like on a cold call or email or something of that nature. I'd probably ask what's going to change between now and six months. What's yeah. going to change between now and three months? Like what, what's going on? So either they, either they're just going to be like, Oh, just reach out in six months. And I really don't have too much confidence if someone just gives me that answer back. Cause then they're, that re- they're just really just giving me a vain answer. And I'm probably going to ask for more question. And I know this really isn't going to go anywhere, but for the most part, when you ask that people actually like give you a reason, like, Oh, we're building a website or we're hiring people or we have leadership change, whatever. Right. So then I'll be like, okay, so, you know, just so I don't have to play chase or just so that I'm not annoying, like, can I put a placeholder on the calendar to connect with you? mid six months right and then some people are yes or some people will change their tune all of a sudden they'll be like oh yeah like put time on the calendar in four months it's like you said six months and not four like what's going on and so and the next thing i ask is let's say if we've gotten deep in that conversation it's like okay so you know when i set this placeholder i just want to make sure that we're on the same page are you looking to implement in six months or are you looking to start evaluating in six months so from that question if they say i'm looking to implement six months then i'm like okay well we need to start talking and month three, because this sales cycle is probably going to take 30 to 45 days, or this is going to take a year or whatever it's going to take. Right. So that means that like, now that I understand that like, you're implementing in that month, we need to actually schedule time earlier. So now I actually, actually get time on the calendar. So now I know what's going on. So that's how I normally handle that situation. Again, sometimes it doesn't handle that perfectly, but at least I need to know what's going to change between now and six months. What's going to change between now and three months or someone's like reach out in a month. Like what's going to, ch- what's going to change in 30 days or we can't put time on the calendar like right now. So I'm always trying to challenge that because you just I just it's for both our benefits to figure out what's going on because otherwise again I'm just gonna play chase I'm gonna keep blowing you up I'm gonna message you every other week and eventually like you're gonna get annoyed by me but like that's your that's to your own fault of your own you told me six months and I reached out at the time that I waited for so I, that's how I normally handle it and how I stay consistent with people. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know it's just that usually what's going to happen is six months you call and do hey you told me to call you in six months and they'll say yeah call me in another three months and you play that stupid game. Um, I like asking, you know, so yeah, what's going to change? But also, okay, fine. Look, um, what's the best way? Like, what are some look? You know, and I put it on me. Look, what we try, try to do here at Jay Barrows is stay on top of topics and tips and ideas and stuff like that. So I, we we consume a lot of content. You know, what are some of the things that you're interested in that I might be able to share with you so I could stay top of mind while adding value and not being annoying? Yeah. Right. So you put that on them based on your industry and what you focus on. And then that hopefully that person says, well, yeah, if you ever come across in any intel on this type of thing or that type of thing or whatever, feel free to share that. Right. So then I take that. I go into Salesforce. I check off a few boxes about what you're interested in. And then I go listen for that stuff on Feedly and those type of things. And that's the stuff that I'll use to kind of touch base and check in with you between now and those six months, right? So, because there's two pieces. One is I'm going to put you on Owl or Sales Navigator, those type of things. So, hopefully, a a trigger, like something happens within your business that I can use to preempt that six months, right? So, I could say, hey, you know what? I know the last time we talked, you said six months. I've been keeping myself updated on your business. I actually noticed this happens. 
which prompted me to reconnect with you because you know now there's something different to talk about effectively, right? Really? Exactly. That's ideal there. But then if nothing comes up, then it's like, okay, what content can I share with this person that's going to help stay top of mind and hopefully add a shitload of value to them right. that, that they'll that eventually be like, damn, you know what? I should probably talk to this kid a little bit sooner. Or if nothing else, in six months when I pick up the phone, they're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, thanks for sharing all that stuff. Yeah. There's real value that it's been it's coming to me. Hey guys, is anyone having trouble converting this month? Uh, is it the time of year or something? I typically have about double the amount of opportunities booked that I have now. It seems that like several decision makers are swamped and can't commit to a demonstration until earliest mid-July. Any ideas? So this is actually interesting to do. So Dan. Dan, yes. So, Dan, again, thanks for the question. It's actually interesting he brings this up because I've been trying to think about the same thing here. Like, I don't think – I haven't slowed down as far as my prospecting. I haven't slowed down as far as my activities are concerned. But June was a real quiet month for me personally as far as my training and travel. Like, you're still ramping, right? Yeah. Um, usually, you know, June June and July are busy months for us because it's, it's downtime for summer. So, usually sales are down. So, usually training is high. But shit, man, I, I, I didn't train last week. I didn't train this week and I'm not training next week. I wasn't expecting next week because of the 4th of July. But last two weeks in June with no training, um, it made me kind of pause to almost ask this same question. Like, is there something going on here in June that, that like kind of a, from a macro standpoint is happening? Um, I haven't been able to figure anything out. I think it's probably just a gap that I was looking at. But um you know, I think it, I, I don't know what Dan sells. Does, did, did he comment it at all? What he sold or who he sold to? Um, I can look into the question and figure out what that is. You can keep talking. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I think a lot is dependent on who you sell and what you sell um, because there's a lot of seasonality to a lot of stuff. So, for instance, right now, if you sell to schools, like, good luck, right? They're all out. You know what I mean? Like, they, they just finished up their year. All the teachers are like, peace, I'm out of here. Um you know, I mean, it's a good time, but right now is actually June is a bad time because even though summer is a good time to sell to the education field, because that's when they can actually get the operational stuff done. It's right. right after everybody gets out of school. That's the time where everybody's like, yep, I'm going to chill here for a bit. Yeah. Um, and go, um, you know, if you're selling tech, yeah, there's a little bit of seasonality to it. And usually the summer's, uh, summer's slow, but what you, this is where Dan, you might have to get a little creative. And instead of uh, like doing your typical sales stuff, like cold calls and emails, doing stuff like you and I talked about Morgan, which is like hitting up your network, right? And finding like your the people in your network that that either owe favors to you or right. like you can ask favors from. Right. So I would I might pick your five best uh, business uh, partners, Dan or people you know in business and grab lunch with them and say, Hey, summer slowdown right now. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I am, you know, here's what I'm looking for any traction, any suggestions. This is also where I would go to more events. You know what I mean? There's a lot of networking events at night, you know, those type of things that you can go to Um, and, you know, and just get creative, right. Uh, You know, look at different areas, look at different uh, places that maybe business, you know, other people aren't looking or that aren't, necessarily the traditional means of engagement is probably the best thing I can get there.